0: Morning, and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name's Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we get to the Word of God, talk about it, try and apply it to our lives so that it transforms us and when then we drive it home with prayer each day. We've been talking about how to determine what's right and wrong and what a timely message this ended up being this week as we're looking at this concept of judging. In Scripture, one of the most common Scriptures people often talk about, people are aware of, is Matthew 7, verse 1, where Jesus said, Do not judge so that you not be judged. I contend that this has, shall we say, neutered an entire generation of Christians, of people who are unable to make moral judgments and exercise moral discernment about what is wrong. They feel that by somehow making a statement that certain behaviors are wrong, they are violating this verse. And consequently, we have a, a culture that's cut a, that's that's adrift. And we also have a conflict in our culture, shall we say, a proxy war in our culture going on, for a greater spiritual war that's going on in the heavenlies. And that real war has to do with whose standard is right and who's God. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah the prophet was speaking to the children of Israel, and they were hesitating between two opinions. And he tells them, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow Him but if Baal's God, follow him. Make up your mind. Don't try and mix two gods together, the true God and an idol. Don't try and mix together two different standards. It doesn't work. And indeed, this challenge from Elijah could be true in our day as well. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? Or as Jesus said here, he went on to say, for in the way you judge, you'll be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Now, this becomes a good question. What is our standard of measure? In our day and age now, we exalt human reason and human logic and human understanding. And we believe that as people that you and I have the capacity as people and our kids are taught in school and they're taught through the music and they're taught through the movies and they're taught through television and they're taught everywhere there is a general belief in our culture that us humans are smart enough to figure it out that if we're wrong about anything all we need is a little bit of education a little bit more research a little bit more knowledge we'll figure it out in Proverbs 3 it says Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. We, we feel this confidence that we can figure it out, but that doesn't work. Why? Well, we hear in Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all else. The heart has its own motivations, its own desires. And we fool ourselves if we think that our own motivations, desires Hopes don't color our ability to understand what's right and what's wrong. So often today, when I talk to young people, it's interesting I heard a I I began to hear a change in vocabulary years ago. That instead of people saying, I think such and such is right, or I think this is wrong, the vocabulary changed to I feel this is okay, or I feel this is wrong. This is more than just a a semantical change. This is more than just a a change of a couple words. No, it's a whole difference in how people determine what's right, How, how people determine what's, you know, okay. There was a song years ago, how can something feel so good be so wrong? Well, sometimes what we feel is okay isn't And this is something that we, as we grow and mature as human beings, we should understand children are governed by their feelings. Adults ought to be governed by something else, by their conscience, by their understanding of of right and wrong. And we'll see where you get that understanding in just one moment. But we want to move beyond saying that we determine what's right and wrong by our feeling. Let me tell you, your children and grandchildren, if, they're, if you're wondering why they're getting off course, or if you're concerned about them, understand we live in a generation now where what's good and right is determined by feelings. If you see someone who the Bible says their behavior is wrong, but they seem to be happy and they seem to be like a nice person, then, then the idea is, well, I feel that must be okay because look, they seem like a decent person. This is the world we're living in and we want to get beyond this concept of feelings and have a different standard. What is your standard? Years ago, I was at a Florida State University and, and this girl asked me an honest a question. She looked at me incredulous. We were talking about marriage and commitment in marriage, and loyalty, and faithfulness. And she looked at me almost incredulous and asked, you mean to say that if your daughter called you up and said, dad, I'm not happy in my marriage, that you want to tell her to get a divorce? And, I, and I, I had to do a double take. I said, did I hear that question right? Yeah. Yeah. You mean to say you want to tell her if she's not happy to go ahead and get out of the marriage and get divorced? And I thought to myself, and my answer was, No, I wouldn't say that. We don't walk by our feelings. We walk by our commitments. We do what's right. Feelings are the result of good decisions. They should not guide us when they do. Often we make bad decisions. So where do we find this right thing? Jesus was asked about divorce in Matthew chapter 19. And it's very interesting. I just want to, this, as he talks about this, it's very interesting. They asked, Is it okay for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And Jesus asked this question. He answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them in the beginning made the male and female? And of course, then went on, For this call shall man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and two shall become one flesh. What therefore God is joined together, let no man separate. But I want to draw attention to the first four words that Jesus said there. Have you not read? Might I suggest that this is where we need to go to find out what's right and wrong? Have you not read? Now, Jesus wasn't talking about reading the the you know the the, the women's magazine on the newsstand. He wasn't about reading the men's magazine. He wasn't talking about reading some novel or some. He, what was he talking about? Reading the scriptures. If if you want to know what's right, you're asking about a controversial question. In this case, it was divorce. We have controversial questions in our day. We've got a big controversial question going on right now about abortion. The big issue in our culture has to do with LGBT uh, behavior and, and, and so forth. And the question Jesus might ask us, have you not Read. And he's talking about reading the scripture, going to the Bible. Have you not read? Because that's where you can find answers. And brothers and sisters, as we consider what is our standard, let's believe that God's word is not a narrow little, that only only has to do with how to get to heaven. No, God's word is broad. It speaks about everything pertaining to life and godliness. Look at what David said, or the writer of Psalm 119. He says twice, from your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. In in verse 128, therefore I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. What's a precept? It's just another word for God's commandments, God's specific instructions. I value your precepts. I believe in your precepts concerning everything. The writer of Psalm 119 had a very broad understanding of the Word of God. Sometimes our problem is we think, well, you know, the Bible tells us how to get to heaven, how to have a relationship with Jesus, but it doesn't speak about uh, all these other areas, when in fact it does. And the areas of great contention in our culture today, the Bible is not silent about them. God's precepts are speak clearly on the issues of life, the issue of sexual right behavior and, and what is right and what is wrong when it comes to sexual behavior. And so, therefore, the writer here says, I hate every false way. We should as well. We should as well. Now this doesn't mean we hate the people. We're called to love people, but advocating for ways that are contrary to God advocating for standards that are different. Remember remember, Jesus said, by your standard of measure and the conflict in our world today, is our standard of measure what the Bible says, what the Lord God says, His authority? Or have we fallen for this line that our standard is just whatever I feel like, whatever I want, whatever whatever makes me happy. And I think the writer of the Psalm 119 would say, that's a false way. That's a false way. We hate it in ourselves first. Remember, we go back to Matthew 7. The whole point there was written, you know, don't judge. He's talking to hypocrites. He's saying, listen, if you're a hypocrite, don't judge. Take the log out of your eye first. Deal with your own issues before you try and correct other people. Take that log out, and then you'll take the speck out of your brother's eye. That's what what Jesus is saying there but we're reminded in our, in our day. Everyone makes judgments. The people who tell us it's wrong to say that homosexuality is wrong, they'll tell us that it's wrong to judge. They're making a judgment right there. It's, they're saying they don't realize it's wrong for you to tell someone they're wrong. Well, you're telling me I'm wrong right now, you see? And they would, they would quickly say racism is wrong. They would quickly say discrimination is wrong. But then they would say, but you can't tell someone that homosexuality is wrong. Why? Because they have a different standard. Their standard is not the word of God, their standard is what they feel, and maybe based on their education experiences, whatever. But remember Proverbs 3 trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, he'll make your path straight. We consider God's precepts right about everything. Therefore, we hate every false way. My friends, in our own lives, might I challenge us to go deeper, to go deeper in saying, God, what is your way and what is just my feelings or my way? With the raising of your children, help them in every area of life, how to go deeper in understanding God has something to say about this. How do we make moral decisions? Do we look to the Lord God Almighty? Or do we follow our feelings and and what we consider to be enlightenment of our day, which the Bible would simply say is a deceitful heart tricking us into falling into the old ways of sin? Remember Satan's question to even the garden, has God said? And he challenged what God said. And remember Jesus' answer when he was asked about, when, when, when he was faced with that question, "Satan, has God said, When Jesus was faced with a question, he said, have you not read? Let's remember, this is where this battle is. Satan wants us to disregard what God says. Jesus wants us to go to the scriptures and find out what God says. That's our standard. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Bible. This is the word of God. We affirm it. We believe it. It teaches us your ways. It teaches us what you're like. It teaches us what we're like. It teaches us what we should strive for, what we should aim for. We thank you today that where we have fallen short, we find mercy and forgiveness and salvation in Jesus Christ. But we don't use that as an excuse to continually justify falling short. We aim for and we affirm that what you teach in your Bible to be true and right. And we love your word. We esteem it right. We hate every false way because we love your word and how we pray it would prevail. Lord, in our lives this very day, might your precepts, your truth, your ways prevail? Might we follow them fully? And might we be living demonstrations that to to follow you and to believe in you and to walk in your ways is so far superior to anything we could ever come up with on our own? Might we be living proclamations that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect? Might our lives demonstrate that, not, not that we don't have trials like anyone else, but that you bring us through them victoriously and triumphantly. Help us, Lord, to be aware of that. Help us to walk in your victories today and to walk in your truth. And why? And help us to maintain the hope, the hope that we are on the path of life. It may be hard at times, but we are on the path of life. We celebrate you today. We thank you you answer prayers. We thank you for this time in which we live. Lord, this is an exciting time to be alive. This is an exciting time. We can't think of any other time we'd rather be alive. We thank you for the opportunities that we have. Thank you for we can gather together like this each day in your word and prayer. Thank you we can pray for one another and even see great answers like like Carl here, who's who uh, we believe saw a miracle in his heart heart uh being being healed by you rather than needing this procedure that they were he was going to have this morning, we thank you, we bless you, you're a good God. we love you, we love you, and we pray and give you ourselves to follow you fully in Jesus name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hey I mentioned there in a prayer Carl who's a regular on here. he was supposed to have a heart procedure this morning been having a problem, and they'd had a heart monitor on him, and he got word yesterday. We'd been praying for him starting Monday. He got word, hey, your heart's doing fine now. You don't need to come in for the procedure, which is pretty good. It was, might have been somewhat of a scary procedure. He was going to need to fix something going on. But we thank God. God answers prayer. Our other friend Peter, I think, is still in the hospital. We pray for his healing. We pray for his healing. And, and um, he's got some big issues. He's still in critical condition, we pray for his healing. Anyway, hey, God bless you. If you're new today, I thank you for joining us. We're here every day. And so I hope you will join us. Make a commitment to be here every day. Live if possible at 8 30 AM Eastern Time. If not, catch the the YouTube later in the day. Or you can even listen to the just listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. I hope you join us. We're not once a week Christians. We're not once a year Christians. We're everyday Christians. We're going to feed on the Word of God. We love His precepts. We love His Word. We love His way. We hate every false way. And we're inundated with that false way day in and day out. But because we love God's Word, we get here and we allow it to fill us up, encourage us, strengthen us, inspire us. Amen. So I'm glad to have you along. I love you guys. And until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you and keep you and strengthen you and fill you with His love courage, his joy. That's that's yours. Don't let the world take it away from you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.